Good morning, Cornerstone Church. I'm a little bit out of breath from worship. I don't know about you. Praise God. His presence was here this morning with us. And it's an honor to be able to minister the words Lord this morning, uh, the, the, the word of the Lord this morning, excuse me. I'm very grateful for this community. Every time I come here, I always am thankful to the Lord for the hospitality that we see here, for the, the mission that we see here, for the, the open arms of this community that is clearly blessed by God. And so we give praise to God for what he's doing here, how the word is preached, and how his spirit is moving. And so it's an honor, as always, to be able to be with you all. I hope you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Good. I hope that yesterday, for those of you who joined us, that you enjoyed your second Thanksgiving. <laughs> or maybe even more. For some of us, it might have been multiple. And just like we heard an amazing word yesterday on Thanksgiving, and we were, were, were nourished by God's word like we were nourished by the meal, even though it was the same kind of Thanksgiving food as our Thanksgiving meal, I hope that as we hear a word on Thanksgiving this morning, that God still nourishes us through his word. Amen? Amen. And as I was thinking about Thanksgiving, one of the things my mind kept drifting back to every time was children, actually. Not that children are always grateful, because if you're a parent, you know that's not true. If you've been a kid, then you know that's not true. But kids have a sense of wonder to them for the world that God has given us, and they look around and they're amazed by the things that God has made. And as I thought about this, I remembered how Jesus said, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, and that it's even indeed necessary to become like a child in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven, according to the word of God, that we must be like children in some regard, Jesus says, in order to enter the kingdom of God. And there's many things that Jesus is pointing to that are admirable about children, but I want to focus on one to launch us into this message today. And I believe one thing that Jesus was referring to is exemplified in this story. And it's a story of my childhood. And my family has home videos that they show at this time of year, very routinely. And it's of uh, all sorts of things that happened in our childhood. I have several siblings. I have an older brother, an older sister, and a younger sister. And I was a baby at this time in this video. It was my older brother's birthday. And my younger sister, Tessa, was there, and she was a toddler at this time. And they had a pinata, and my brother had all of his friends there, and they were each taking turns, which I thought was a very safe idea, at smacking the pinata, instead of everyone going at it at once. And so they each had turns. And as the last person got to the pinata, I could see that Tessa, little Tessa, was standing off to the side of the pinata, waiting for it to burst, and waiting for her chance to get in there, as small as she was but she knew that all of these older boys were bigger than her. And so, surely enough, the pinata gets broken and the chaos ensues and the, the men just dash in and everyone's grabbing as much as they can inside their arms and they take it away and little Tessa comes in, maybe not more than two feet tall, and walks in and she can see very close to the ground. She's feeling on the ground with her tiny toddler hands for something to scavenge from the remains of this, this disaster zone, really. And she seems to find something. But it looked like my mom was very worried because when she came up to my mom, she's really excited, 
Tessa, that is. But my mom seems nervous. Oh, are you okay, honey? And she says, look what I found. Look what I found. And you can't even see it on the camera. And she said, what did you find? Look, look, look. And, she, and I hear my mom's voice behind the camera. Oh, that's such a nice sequin. <laughs> the little tiny plastic thing that comes off the pinata when you bust it. She was, she was so entranced, so awestruck, so filled with wonder from this thing that we take for granted every day. It might as well be treated as garbage by most of us. But children have this sense of awe of, of the world around them in the, in the best sense of what children symbolize and what they stand for. And I believe that this is something that God wants us to exhibit in our lives, a humble wonder in our lives, a humble wonder that is not jaded by life, that doesn't pass over the blessings of God, but keeps them fresh in our hearts, and that we are continually in awe of who God is and the things that he does in our lives. Praise God. And so I see a quote from G.K. Chesterton that says this, I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. And I love that quote. I think it's packaging up this idea for us that we see in the Word of God, that there is a wonder to thanksgiving, that we're not thankful for things that we fully wrap our minds around, that we think are just due to us, but they're things that are bigger than ourselves and that we see we don't deserve and that we see are so great and worth being treasured. That is what thanksgiving comes from. It's that humble wonder. It's happiness doubled by wonder. And this leads us to the Word of God today and the passage to remember today, which is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It's very short and very simple and it's powerful. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Praise God for his word. That's it. If we could just get this, then I could shut off this microphone and, and go home, and then we've had a good word from the Lord, because if we could live this, then we would experience so much blessing inside of our lives if we had our eyes opened to the truth of what God's word is saying here. If we could just begin to understand that even in the darkest moments in our lives, that doesn't remove the things to be grateful for. Even in the most broken moments inside of our lives, there is still something that God is doing that we can either remember, that we can look forward to, or even that God is doing in the moment. Praise God. That's how good he is. Amen? And so we don't need to just be looking at, at our circumstances and be dismayed and think that God has retracted his blessings from us, but we can be assured that no matter how lost we are in life, no matter how look at, longing for direction we are looking for, we can see that our, the God's will for our lives is for us to be thankful. And if we could understand that, that would alleviate so many of our problems. And really, God is just as worthy, just for who he is. We don't need to look at just the blessings that he gives, just the gifts that the giver gives. We can look at God himself and see just how, amaz how amazing God is, how pure God is, how holy God is, how sacrificial God is, how praiseworthy God is. And there would never be a moment that we'd need to look for anything else. But God is just that generous that he shows us every day the things inside of our lives that are to be grateful for. And so I think of the psalm in Psalm 103, which was shared yesterday. Praise the Lord, oh, oh my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget 
not all his benefits. We know these things. For many of us, these aren't new things to, to know. But it's, much, it's a very different thing to live these things. It's very different to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. To move from the information of, I know I should be grateful, to truly, in our hearts, being grateful. And so that's where we need to seek God today. And so if you'll pray with me. Father, we, we find ourselves perplexed because you are so amazing. You're beyond anything that we could ever imagine, anything we could ever think. And God, it's a mystery why at times it's so hard for us to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving in light of these things. Would you help us, God, to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving? God, illuminate the scriptures to us today that we might see wonderful and beautiful things inside of your word. God, that we might be made aware of and treasure the things that you have given us to be thankful for and that we might proclaim them inside of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So why don't we live in thanksgiving? Well, perhaps the first thing that some of us have not experienced is we need a work of illumination inside of our lives. Illumination. We need to see that God's blessings really are there. And sometimes we are entirely ignorant of them. See, the scriptures are clear that in James 1, that every good and perfect gift comes from the, the, the Father, from above, the Father of heavenly lights. And I run into so many college students on the university campus who I say, you should follow Jesus. And the reply is something to this effect. Well, God isn't that great. God isn't real because my intellect says so. And the irony of this is pal palpable because it's the intellect that God gave them by which they're discrediting God's existence. God isn't worth my time because I have to focus on my studies and my career. You mean the time that God has given you and the talents that God has given you that are giving you that career, you want to focus on those things instead of the giver of those things. God didn't give me these things. I worked so hard for the things that I've done in my life. And all of these things, the list goes on and on. And as the list of labeled self-made and earned things increases, the sense of entitlement increases. And the room for gratitude shrinks inside of our hearts. It's impossible for entitlement and gratitude to occupy the same space. They can't be there at the same time. They cannot. The amount of space that's occupied by entitlement is the amount of space that's, occupied, that's not occupied by thankfulness. And these are all things that grieve the heart of God because he gives us these good things to glorify himself, but that we might truly enjoy them and draw them, draw the, these things would draw us back to his heart. And so I might, I say this because I, those who do such things begin to wonder why am I not feeling close to God if we have a relationship with God, but we're walking in entitlement? Perhaps this is a reason. Why am I not feeling fulfilled in my relationship with God? Perhaps it's for this reason. I grieve for such people because they don't know what they're missing. However, when we are growing in the knowledge of the word and when illumination comes inside of our lives, that's when we begin to see the blessings that work inside of our lives. Sometimes we just miss them because we're not aware of them. 
I wouldn't know that every single situation in my life is completely and utterly redeemable because of Romans 8.28. God works every single, good, every single thing for the good of those who loves, loves him and calls, or called according to his purpose. I wouldn't know that if I didn't know God's word. I wouldn't know that I would have to, that I would, could get my salvation as a gift if I hadn't read Ephesians 2. I wouldn't know that I've been blessed with every single spiritual blessing in the heavenly places if it wasn't for reading Ephesians 1 and the gift of God's word. I wouldn't know that God is actively working inside my life to bring about my sanctification and the cleansing from sin inside my life according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the promise to present us blameless before him at the coming of Christ Jesus. I wouldn't know these things if it wasn't for me reading the word of God and being exposed to it. And so sometimes we need the light to shine inside of our lives and say, there really are blessings that we're passing over, that we're ignorant of. And, but it's not just that. We have to move from illumination to appreciation. It's not enough to just say, I know these things. I know this is good. This is, I should value this. But do I truly treasure these things in my heart? Do I truly see them as valuable? Do I truly see them worth sacrificing for and worth focusing on? We can't just know that the information is true. We have to acknowledge it. And Romans 1 was shared by our brother yesterday. It's such a powerful, powerful verse there in chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. We can't pass over this. This is so crucial. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings, and birds and animals and reptiles. Notice this. It was because of their lack of gratitude that opened the door to the darkness of deception to come into their lives. See, thanksgiving actually has a protecting influence. It actually keeps us in line with reality. See, if if the word of God proclaims that there is something to be thankful for in the midst of every situation, that God has blessings inside of our lives that are in store, then if I'm not thankful, I'm living in deception. Do Do we hear that today? If I don't see the blessings of God inside my life, but the word of God says they're there, then I'm deceived. I don't see them. I'm walking in darkness. And that's the scary thing. To walk into ingratitude is to open our hearts to darkness and deception. We can't have both inside of our hearts. Either we have gratitude in our hearts or we have ingratitude inside of our hearts. And where ingratitude is there, it will give way to more ingratitude. It begins to take more and more of the things and the blessings that God's given us and turn them into a lack instead of a gratitude mindset, which gives us more and more things to be grateful for. Here's an example of this. It happens all the time inside of our lives, and the pattern is unmistakable. There was once a a man that I knew who we worked with in our fellowship, and he was a student came from a very broken background and a lot of church hurt. And praise God that he, he found healing through our fellowship. He grew in his relationship with God. He found friends inside of our fellowship and so many other things. He even, God moved so powerfully to pay off some of his financial debts 
through the, through the, the leading of the Spirit in our community. People felt impe- compelled to pay off thousands of dollars in debts of this man. So much to be grateful for inside of his life. But one major act of offense that happened inside of his life where someone offended him, and it broke the relationship. And when I remember talking with this, with this man and hearing nothing about the things that he was grateful for and everything about what he, what he lacked, everything that was taken from him, notice that. And we see this all the time inside of our lives where ingratitude spreads inside of our hearts and it takes even what God has given us. It takes even the good gifts that God has given us. Like in Romans chapter 1, we have an opportunity to be grateful, but we don't give thanks to God, and then everything else is corrupted. So we see that he let a worldly mindset of poverty and lack inform his point of view. Instead of being informed by the word of God, instead of being led by the word of God and his thoughts and his understanding to appreciate these things, he began to see that I have less, I have less, I have less, I've been taken from, I've been taken from. And even the blessings inside of his life, as far as he was concerned, were not there. He was in deception. He was in darkness. The pattern is unmistakable. You either move from illumination to appreciation or you move from illumination to decimation. We must either appreciate the things that God gives us, or we lose them. It happens all the time. They slip through our fingers. We think that we're grateful for these things, and then we lose them. We realize, God, what have I done? I've taken your blessings for granted. That's why the scripture says to fill our hearts and our minds with things that are pure and lovely and praiseworthy. It's a protection against the encroaching thoughts of darkness that continuously wage war against our souls. And we have the opportunity to press them out with thankfulness and gratitude that there's no room for these thoughts inside of our mind, that we can truly hold on to the things that we're grateful for. When we, we must actively walk in appreciation. In my own life, I've seen this where... Well, Amanda really gets on this, me about this a lot, where I get gifts from people, and because I want to steward to the max everything that I've already received that's not, that's not new, I still wear my old shoes, even if I got new ones. I still wear my old jacket, even though, I wear, uh, even though I've got a new one. And she, she rightly points out that what, what does that say to the one who's given the gift? Does that say that I truly see value in the things that have been given. Does that truly say that I appreciate what's been given, that I see value in it? And the answer is no. That in order to show appreciation, we must make use of the blessings of God inside of our lives. They cannot just remain on the shelves. They cannot just remain on a place of, of just a polished untouchedness, that, that untouchingness and that you don't need to actually use them. You must actively work with the gifts that God gives you in order to be thankful for them. There's just one, one trend, I, I, one place I see inside the church that I think we, don't, are, we aren't thankful enough is our leaders. And I don't say this as someone who, who is a leader because I, all my people cycle out every four years, so I don't have to, I, don't, I, I have to build rapport every single year, so it's really not that big of a deal. But in a local church setting, that really matters. And the Bible's clear that we're supposed to show honor to our leaders. 
And I see so often where people don't make use of their leaders, their wisdom, their guidance. You all have been given a, a wonderful set of leaders in this church. Your pastor, your Bible study leaders, your ministry leaders, the many volunteers that God has raised up among you. Don't be like what I see so often where people don't avail themselves of the benefits of their leaders, where they're not truly grateful for them, where they, they might even go to good things that God's given, like uh, videos online and other books, but they never hold themselves accountable to, to the, the words their leaders have to say. And if only they did, because sometimes that saves them a lot of trouble. If they go to some of these TikTok videos on theology, I see all the time on the college campus, oh my goodness. Um, it's really easy to get prideful when we never talk with anyone and when we never put ourselves before people with differing opinions. We must be grateful for our leaders and use them. As Hebrews 13 says, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. You can't get that from, from other sources. Other sources are a blessing. Praise God for sources on media, on books. Those are amazing. But you can't imitate someone else's way of life indirectly. That's no substitute. It's a good supplement, but it's no substitute. We need to appreciate all of the gifts that God has given us. We can't overlook them. But I believe this leads us to the furthest place of thanksgiving that the Bible teaches about, the, the highest extent of thankfulness, not just illumination, not just appreciation, but proclamation, that the furthest fulfillment of a thankful heart overflows. Because as Jesus says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. As the psalmist says in Psalm 9, uh, Psalm 9 I will give thanks to you, Lord, with my whole heart. And he, he specifies what that means. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. To give thanks with all of my heart is to do so in front of other people is to tell it to other people, is to proclaim it with boldness and authority to other people. When we begin to proclaim that God is worthy, apart from anything that he's done, apart from just, just because of who he is, it stirs other people. It's, that's what worship is when we see that. That's why worship is contagious. That's why I might be feeling down when I'm going into a service, but when other people are around me are praising God, it stirs something within me to move and to praise God and to thank God. It doesn't matter what's going on inside of my life. It doesn't matter the, the lack. It matters that God is still worthy in every single moment. And I have a rich inheritance in God. God wants us to give thanks. To give thanks. And he does that because he is the giver. We can give thanks because God is the giver. God is the universal giver. Every single thing we receive from his hand. And the reason we don't give once again is because we feel like we don't have enough. But trust me, as you open your hand and you begin to give thanks to God and you begin to show gratitude for the things that God has given you in your life, watch and see what God does, where he works wonders through it. Give thanks like Jesus did when there was lack. Give thanks when there was the feeding of the 4,000, the feeding of the 5,000, and say, God, I praise you in the midst of lack. Or at the Last Supper, 
God, I praise you, though I know I've been betrayed. My friends abandoned me. God, I thank you. I break the bread and I thank you. It's what moves God's heart. We were praying this earlier, that he's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. If you're struggling with, with bitterness, or there's parts of your life that have been in darkness, and you, some of this is ringing a bell inside your heart, that this is, this is stuff that, that's for me. If you lack a sense of fulfillment and joy in your relationship with God, may I suggest it's because you're not accounting for the blessings of God inside of your life. Renew your hope in God. The truly thankful person can say, God, you can take my body to the enemies inside my life. You can take my sanity. You can take my wealth. You can take my health. You can take my house. You can take my spouse. You can take my career. You can take all the blessings inside my life. Just give me Jesus, and I have all I need. That's the truly grateful heart, and God sees it. Friends, our our gratitude is not measured and not tested in the situations when we have everything. Our gratitude is shown as genuine when we have lack. It's easy to praise when everything's going right. It's harder to praise when I can't see it, everything going right. It's hard to praise when I can't see it right in front of me. But praise God that he shows us that he's worthy of praise in every situation. What's the first thing you do when things go wrong? Is your first instinct to praise the Lord Or is it to go somewhere else? Is it to to seek blessings for yourself? Because God's not giving them to me, so I should seek them for myself. And as we move into a time of closing today, we really see that it's only because of what Jesus has done that we can even begin to be thankful Even though God gives us every single blessing inside of our lives and that there are many blessings that we can look at and say, well, that's not the cross. Well, this is why the cross is the source of all blessing. Because without Jesus, then when our life passes away, where do all those things go? I think about the the psalm of, of David where he says that, God, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. What a blessed place that is. That even in front of adversity, God is bringing blessing. We see the picture of that at the Last Supper, where Jesus has a table prepared for him in the presence of one who betrays him. But the thing that Jesus does at the cross is that really with that seat of the enemy where Judas was seated, that was our seat. That was our seat. But Jesus switched the places at the table. He switched the places at the table. He took the place of the enemy. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. He sat in that spot so that 
That's the only way that we could actually have the blessed seat at the table. He gave up his spot, his privileged seat as the perfect son of God and, and created a space for us to dwell at the table with the Father. It's what scripture calls the indescribable gift. And so if there's someone here who has never fulfilled that purpose inside your life today, God made us to, to thank him. God made us to, to worship him. If you've never proclaimed thanks to God and thanked God for what he did for you on, on the cross through his son, then today's your day. The mercy of God is available for you today, that you can experience the blessing of God inside your life. The world we live in is a cruel place. Sin is a cruel thing. It's a cruel master. But God's promises are tender mercies towards us. That promise I read from Romans chapter 8 is only for those who have accepted Jesus, that those who have been called by God and those who love him. God works all things for good. If you open your heart to him today, you can experience the blessing of knowing God and everything that comes with it. Is there anyone here today who, who would say that I need to receive that gift today of what Jesus has done for me? I want to praise him for the first time today. Is there anyone here? You can lift up a bold proclamation of praise. Don't be afraid. Okay. And for the rest of us. Has it been a hard journey lately? It's been difficult to be grateful, perhaps. Have there been situations that you've been facing that are too hard to see what God is doing in the midst of them. People that push your last nerve. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you're having relational difficulties with your spouse or your neighbor. Whatever it is, we can come to God today and admit, God, I, I need your help to be grateful. God, would you show me? Show me, Lord, illuminate Illuminate my heart and my mind to understand and to appreciate the blessings that you're putting inside my life that I don't see right now. God, would you show me your goodness, God? Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation today. And God, would you help me to boldly proclaim my thanks and my gratitude so that other people will see and will worship in the same way. I don't, you're so great and so worthy to be praised. It can't just be me, God. It can't just be me. God, it's, I have to bring someone with me. I have to praise your name so that other people will begin to praise with me. And so, Father, we welcome you by your spirit to search our hearts, God. 
God, would you, would you clear out the darkness, the deception of ingratitude? God, would you clear out the, the wickedness, God, of, of entitlement? God, where we think that we have earned things by our own hand, that we don't need to share them with you or with others, God? God, would you open our hands to give thanks today? We worship you and we praise you, God. In Jesus' name.